Hey everyone, welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience. This is CoronaCast 7. It's actually week 8, but we missed last week because the NFL draft was going on. Want to let everyone out there know to please smash the like button. Uh, and maybe even just in the comment section, tell us something you'd like to hear covered on a future show. This could be my last CoronaCast because my wife and I are expecting our second child. And that could be due... Three weeks from now could be due tomorrow. We're kind of playing it by ear on this one. But as long as I have the ability to record these shows, Davis and I are going to keep talking. So uh, at the very end of the show, if you actually care about like Andy Dalton and analytics and football, we just randomly get into that all of a sudden uh, because as the show was going on, it broke that Andy Dalton had signed with the Cowboys. I didn't even confirm that. Someone just texted that to me. So that could be such fake news. It's kind of ridiculous. But other than that, it's just a normal catch-up. We like to hang. Please share the show around on social media. Tell people they should be listening to the CoronaCast. It's a show, obviously, it doesn't have video. Uh, it's purely podcast form. So subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast or the TakeCast on Davis's feed and do all those good things like rate it five stars. That stuff really goes a long way. And, hell, I'm going to try to have as many shows come out even when I'm away after my wife has the child uh, for, you know, I got three weeks' worth of shows right now ready to go. So hopefully I can sneak out when golf returns and do all that stuff. This was a fun one to try and catch up as we spout our utterly ridiculous nonsense for, like, close to two hours. So enjoy. I get like the like the paramutual and everything. Well, I just didn't understand like all of the exotics when it came to horse racing. So right. once it was explained to me, I was like, okay, this makes a lot more sense. And this seems to be like how I can not only increase my bet, but you know, lie to myself and pretend I'm not betting a lot, yet still lose anyway. Exactly, yeah. Although I'm one for one so far in the horse betting world uh, of the quarantine. So hard to, It's hard to beat that. If I can go two for I two. Am, I am I'm two for two on League of Legends bets that I touted. I'm not two for two on bets made, but I'm two for two on ones that I touted on Twitter. So you touted them on Twitter, but you didn't bet them? No, I did bet them. I've made other wagers that I didn't tweet out that lost. Oh, well, it's always better to be right publicly than anything else. 100% agree. At least for the brand, you know how it is. I mean, I can just lose all my... I, it's funny, like, I rarely make bets that I don't put out there, because I would feel bad if I won something really If big. I won and completely agree. Yeah, yeah. that would be such a bad look, because I never believe people who don't say, like, oh, yeah, after the fact, I won. It's like, sure you did, pal. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I'm already recording, by the way. I mean, that's that's not something I would be ashamed to admit to the public is like I, I am I'm very I'm very unwilling in general to not like if I'm gonna, if I'm going to bet something, I want to have the clout of getting it right. I want the extra EV of like the tout EV. Yeah, that's so sad because I'm exactly the same way. That's just not a it's not a good look. I don't I don't I actually think I think the opposite. I think it I think it is a good look. I think that's a transparent look. Yeah, so people can lose along with us, or or win along with us, or just like, because you know the the whole game is is a lot of the time, just like trying to get people to think you know what you're doing or or don't know what you're doing, you know. No, I think the best thing that you can really do is like I've been betting. I bet the Outlaw Tour last week, not a success, not even close. I have have not bet the Outlaw Tour yet. the The only thing I have bet since. Uh, you know, real like major sports stopped is these off league soccer um, and and League of Legends. 
like Belarusian soccer? Yeah. How do you even cap that? Uh, sort of like just loosely knowing, because like the Belarusian national team uh, has been in DraftKings slates before, so I like know some of these players and stuff. And and yeah, I mean, not not. I think I made one Belarusian soccer bet, and Matt Matt Bernbach was the one who touted it to me, and uh, you know, put more power to him. It was a winner. Do you find like, I, the only reason I ended up betting on the Outlaw Tour is I finally did a show on the Outlaw Tour. I was like, well, I don't want to do an entire show on this where I did like bad prep. Like I thought it was good prep. It turned out to be very poor prep. But sure. I didn't want to do a show and not have action on it. Come on. Yeah, uh, I mean that's the whole that's the whole point, right? Uh, like if if oh this is this is my this was it would be the better and um more affable way of saying this which would be that if, if you guys see me doing content for something there is a 100 percent chance that i am putting us dollars behind what i'm saying like you you can think my picks are wrong or that i'm stupid but uh if i am wrong and they are stupid i will at least be losing money uh with them yeah it's a communal thing i, I think that's half the fun of it is uh, you it's not just you sitting there betting by yourself. There's like other people betting with you. You win together, you lose together. It's a it's a community aspect. Not a good, not not something that people should strive for as a community, but it's a community aspect nonetheless. And we need that right now. We do. We do need. I mean, the last dance, the the DFS poker open. I mean, all of this stuff just shows people are people are very hungry for communal anything. I, I saw you've been doing shows on the last dance. You've been enjoying it so far. Yeah, I mean, I think the criticisms like are pretty valid of it that I mean very clearly Michael Jordan and the Chicago like specifically Michael Jordan but also the Chicago Bulls have had a real hand in what ended up in the documentary, what went on the cutting room floor, but as someone who really only knows like I think of Phil Jackson as not even not even the Lakers coach, I think of Phil Jackson as like the bumbling idiot that messed up with the Knicks. And I think of Jordan as the meme guy. And I, before this documentary, I could not have conjured up a Scottie Pippen memory. And, and Dennis Rodman is the North Korea guy. So it's been an enjoyable for me to like, to learn why boomers love these guys so much. Yeah. I think I'm a right around the cutoff age that remembers like, I don't remember the early nineties bulls, but I remember the 96, 98 bulls. Cause I would have been like 11, 12, 13, in those years and like that was the first exposure to basketball i think i had ever had yeah i so yeah you are so what you're five years older than me so now, you would have been more than that what are you like 21 20 i'm 27 27 that's right sometimes right, so, i forget so I, I just turned 35 like last week so okay I'm, yeah I'm so you should old. remember the bulls you I should did. remember the bulls I, I remember them vaguely it's not like i was covering sports at the time but you remember it like you remember all sports when you were a kid which i yeah. remember very vividly it's it's the stuff when i was like 22 i don't really remember all that well you know what's interesting is one of the one of the most like sticking in my head memories that i have of sports is not even a sport that i like all that much but i have incredibly vivid memories of the Barry Bonds uh, home run like chase because I used to wake up every morning before elementary school and watch the the like 7 a.m. Sports Center 
And that was like the thing when I was a kid. So I like have very vivid memories of like all of those highlights. And I don't even really like baseball that much. So it's just weird that that always stuck with me. Well, it's just funny. Like the Maguire Sosa thing, I remember super vividly because that was such a big deal. And I think Cus brought this up on the show last week because we were saying like, if it wasn't for MJ, who would be the athlete that you would want this, not necessarily this style of documentary, but a 10 part miniseries on. And I think that there's one clear answer to it, but he said Bonds. I was like, I don't think people like Bonds that much. Like, we it feels like we know already about everything that's gone on. Like, there has to be some sort of mystery to the person. Like, the answer is Tiger, isn't it? Yeah, so I think the issue you're going to have with that is Tiger is not going to say anything interesting himself. Tiger, okay. Tiger is just not going to say anything interesting. I think the thing that people are enjoying so much about this MJ documentary is that he finally is not doing the Republicans buy shoes to stuff. Like he, he's actually finally being interesting. In a way, but everyone just kind of knew he was an asshole. Like the one part about the criticism that, I mean, I understand the criticisms of it, like even like Ken Burns is coming out against it. But I feel like it's suffering very much the same fate as like Tiger King did that the quarantine and just everyone being at home is really helping this documentary out that if they had, if they had released it in normal times, like they were going to, I think they were going to release it the weekend before game one of the finals. It would have been big, but it wouldn't be the same thing. There wouldn't have been 500 recap podcasts. There wouldn't have been everyone tweeting it in unison on your whole timeline. It's like not, it just—it's it just, not even that. It's just not everyone would have watched it. For yeah, a hundred percent for sure. It just—it would have been one tenth as big as it is right now. And I saw that they actually pushed it. Like it's not—it's still not even done yet. Like the very final episode, so they sent out a rough cut to a lot of people. I think when it started airing, they only had like four episodes done. So. The the upper end quality of what we're looking for right now, you hold it to the standards of the time. Put it that way. Like Tiger King's not great, but it was fun to binge for like a day and a half. It was fun to talk about for a day and a half. It was fun to meme for a day and a half. And then I think everyone has now forgotten about it. Yeah, I mean, like Tiger King jokes. Like you're you're like no one. Like if Saturday Night Live existed right now, like if it, they it did does. another, if they did another, are they still doing quarantine episodes of it? Or are it, we done with that now? They, they did the first one and it was God awful. The second one actually wasn't so bad because it wasn't live. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, I would imagine that like Tiger King jokes are not happening on that now. No. Right. No, there, yeah. there, there was none. There was no that bitch Carol Baskin. Yeah, it's it's left. It's left the consciousness now. I did watch the follow-up episode. What a letdown. Yeah, I, I didn't even do that. I just, I, I literally saw that it was Joel McHale via FaceTime, and I was like, this is just going to be horrible. Like, is what? He, there's, like, what did they even talk about? I, they just interviewed all of the people for, from the show, but I like Joel McHale a lot. I'll basically watch anything that he's in. So, yeah, like, I think he's it, great. It yeah. wasn't horrible, because it had Joel McHale being an asshole the entire time, but nah, that was really about it. You can watch any Joel McHale shtick, and it's that. I mean, he is like a very funny, entertaining guy. So, so maybe it would, I mean, not like I have, not like I am, um, you know, only watching the finest high quality, uh, content during, during quarantine, you know, 
Can you think of another athlete, though? So let's say it's not Bonds. Let's say it's not Tiger. And we're never going to have the access that we need to get, like, a legit documentary. But if there was one athlete that you would want to, like, know about and they could show you things or interviews, whatever, of things that, like, the public doesn't know, obviously you can't know. If the public doesn't know, you wouldn't know, like, who's all interesting and all that. But if you had to guess, who do you think would make the best of these? That's why I said Tiger, just because there's so much unknown about him and what, like, we kind of know what he was up to, but, like, he, he also went away for, like, five years, and we never really know what was happening there. I mean, if, like, there's, if there's any footage of him, like, uh, like playing dress-up as a Navy SEAL, I think all that would be pretty interesting. Yeah? Because that, like, that was, like, a thing he was really into for a while. Um, I'm sure there, there was, were soccer players who were pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, so, so a, a true, unfettered, uneditorialized documentary about I, I think that the best sports documentary that could be made right now, and I there it wouldn't so this wouldn't exist because one these guys are actually too famous and they are too much protection, and it wouldn't be a good documentary because it would be in different languages. But one about Messi and Ronaldo, it was so it'd be like a joint documentary about you know the, how that how they ended up being where they were, and then you know all of the all of the championships and trophies and everything, and and all of the you know, crazy stuff that is involved in their lives. Cause like those guys live way crazier lives than a basketball player does just because of how much more popular soccer is. That's true. But doesn't that also break the other way as well, where they're so famous everywhere. It's hard for them to be interesting. Well, it's just hard for them to do anything. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, but I don't know. Right. I, I have watched these guys play for, like the last 15 years they they you know the last 10 years they've been really famous but they've been around for a long time i don't know anything about them right i don't know their kids i don't know anything about their kids i don't know anything about their families i know the countries where they're from and sort of loosely where they've moved countries and and that's it and they are you know two i would argue they're probably the two most famous people on the planet other than like politicians I think that you could probably find out stuff about them if you wanted to. It's just you have chosen not to. <laughs> yeah, and and like so, like I don't care like about like where they get their haircut or whatever. But like, I would assume that there are more interesting stories to be told about them. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they just do not have that many interesting stories to be told. I mean, there was the the sexual assault case with Ronaldo. That's actually like still kind of pending in court and you know maybe there's maybe there's more um of a story there or whatever but i i I have a feeling that there are more interesting stories to be told about those two guys and especially if they were being honest you know like real stories that like not even stories but like real things that they could say about one another that uh that i think would be interesting when i was in lisbon every second billboard had ronaldo on it yeah, he's like the most famous Portuguese person ever, probably. I mean, I don't know who would be second. I'm sure like someone's listening to this and is like, oh, you idiot, you forgot X, Y, and Z, you know. But to me, that, that seems pretty obvious that he would be the most famous Portuguese person ever. There must be like, was Ponce de Leon, was he? Vasco Let's de Gama. How about Vasco de Gama? He was Portuguese. Is he more famous historically than Ronaldo? Magellan was Portuguese. I would have, I would have just guessed that 
Ponce de Leon was Spanish. He might be. He is. I but just googled I, I, it. I know Magellan is Portuguese, so it's probably Magellan. And he, that he he is the most famous Portuguese person ever. Because people are always just gelling like Magellan. That's what the kids say. Yeah, I mean, I think even above average intelligence people know they would they would be like Magellan's the map guy. Yeah, I, I wouldn't go that far. You think that's that's a bummer? I, I I'm trying to give people more credit these days. That's nice. How's that working for you? Not great. Not great. Not to, especially as the the United States. We we've reopened, Pat. We have reopened. Well, I'm, I hope it works. I hope it reopens and everything's <laughs> fine. Then we can reopen here. Like you guys can t- go test that out. See how it works. It didn't work. Uh, Fourteen hundred uh cases overnight in georgia after they reopened and uh all the businesses that thought they were going to be doing better from reopening are are just like oh we're getting crushed by this i saw i i'm not sure how to like it only popped up and i i read a headline but the cdc took away like thirty thousand covid 19 deaths in the u.s as a part of their official thing i i i I didn't know if that was real, if it was something I read that was fake news, or like they had fucked up. I I didn't really see. Did you see any of that? Um, I've not I've not seen that. I mean, I've seen that there is a war over the number of COVID deaths because some people are worried that deaths that could be COVID related but we're not for sure are COVID related are being counted as coronavirus deaths as as of right now we are recording this on saturday evening may 2nd the official tally per worldmeters.info slash coronavirus is sixty-seven thousand deaths in the united states uh 250,000 deaths worldwide jesus christ man that's so many that is i i mean i would wager a guess that it's more than the flu but uh i don't i don't want an internet hardo to correct me on that no, no, they'll correct you. Listen, we got lots of time. We we missed last week. We got lots of stuff to catch up on. Actually, we don't. Lots of because like yeah. no, nothing actually happened to me. It's just no, we, nothing happens. That's the thing. Is like nothing's actually happened, right? Well, we actually had to work last weekend. That was a thing. Yeah, um, that yep. was like that was it was it was a very weird experience to like I there were there were certainly hour stretches where i had even forgotten that like quarantine and self-isolation and covid was a thing i i started doing i did a i did a recap show with jake on like the new fantasy football running backs i'll probably do another one this week on the rookie wide receivers both for like dynasty which i don't like but you know content at this time of day in redraft formats like i just it's so crazy to be talking about fantasy football right now i know you normally do and i know there's a lot of people that do it just at the end of april beginning of may like who gives a shit now the numbers would suggest people do give a shit but like me personally i don't well i mean i really like dynasty so this is like this is like my favorite stuff dynasty Um, like actually dynasty sounds like stuff for people with yeah it's like way too much time on their hands well, it's like Dungeons of Dragons, but for people who, um, like, you know, want to think that they're better than that. I'm not even kidding. Like, that's really what it is. It's Dungeons of Dragons, but with football. I think it's Dungeons and Dragons, not Dungeons of Dragons. Yeah, it is. Did I, is that what I said? Because if all the dragons were in the dungeons, then there wouldn't be much of a game. That You got me. That is true. Um, so what else is new? How, how's your uh, anxiety level on a scale of 1 to 10? I'm still at a 1. 
So I think this is where I'm at. I am not going to die of COVID-19. Oh, almost, almost for sure. Well, I mean, you don't want right? to, you just had old takes exposed on your show. You don't, you don't want to get like doubled down with this Yeah, one. old, old takes exposed. Man thinks he won't die. Man dies. <laughs> I think that, I think that it seems that COVID-19 by and large really, really affects people who have pre-existing health conditions, people who have asthma, super susceptible um, people who are overweight, super susceptible, people who are over the age of 60, very susceptible. All of those people, if they are simultaneously dying or getting infected with COVID-19, have a great ability to overwhelm a fragile healthcare system in the United States. So it's still a really big deal. Lockdown, quarantine, self-isolation, social distancing, all of these things are super necessary, super needed. Um, so for me, the, the thing that I can do is don't, don't get sick and don't pass it. And, uh, you know, just like, just try, try and not be an asshole, which like a lot of people, um, people are, are just, they're, they're getting sick, Pat. They are sick of being locked up. I'm sick of being locked up. Yeah. I mean, look, it sucks. Like yeah, I, that's I, a whole, like, I, I can continue to do it. That's fine. It's just, it's fucking sucks. Yeah, it, like I, I, I really miss going to the gym. Um, you know, I miss being able to go out to dinner. Uh, I haven't been back to Kansas City to go see my friends in months. Uh, I, I am even. I know a lot of people are golfing, and a lot of people would call me, um, you know, a liberal uh, snowflake cuck for not wanting to go golfing. But I, would, I don't. If golf was open here, I would go golfing. It's just not. Open yeah, golf. Here. Golf is open here. I could go. You should go. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I am. I am of two minds about it. Which is one, I can go by myself. I can wear a mask. I can, um, you know, not t- like I can do my very best to social distance and and everything out there. I can pay before I get there. It will probably be okay. Uh, and then on the other hand, I'm like, yeah, but like, yeah, but like, do you really know? You know what I mean? You don't know, but eventually you got to stop living scared. It's not even. It's not even so much. Well, it is kind of living scared, it, it right? Because I just, scared, I really, you just, I really don't want to get it. Yeah, and you just outlined how you would take steps to make sure that you know you're keeping yourself as safe as possible, and you're putting yourself at the very minimum risk of if you somehow have it that you're not spreading it to people. Play by yourself. Like if you are a part of the group, you know, have your own cart or just walk away or have such a, have such a bad slice. Like I do that. No one's ever going to put the ball where you do like, that's just a very easy way to social distance yourself. But like at some point, I I think, I think when we first, the very first show that we did, I think we said May 13th, that was my pick of over under before people break. And we're going up on that. And it feels like people are breaking. I mean, people, people are breaking. So like people who are, uh, of the, the don't tread on me variety, they are, they are already breaking. We have had, we've had, um, armed gunmen in, in state capitals in the United States. I saw that. How are they, how are they allowed in the state building with guns? That seems crazy. You know, it is, uh, it is certainly not the land of equal opportunity, you know? It's like it's like uh, so some people are allowed to walk around with guns like that, and and some are not in the United States. So you know, it's just it's kind of just one of those things. Yeah, I, I just I try not to read too much into the news. Um, I, I just kind of listen to the update. Like, are we still on lockdown? Yes or no? Yes. All right, I'm gonna go 
on with my day like the more you focus on this stuff it just seems like anyone who has focused their time into reading all the stuff and keeping up to date on all the stuff is yeah that's like, not healthy behavior like they're breaking mentally like that's causing and I, me to break i was doing that at first i was reading every study i was following everything that was happening in italy you know i was i was trying to stay on top of it and uh you know what i'm i'm not a scientist there's not an observation that i'm gonna have where uh where i fix the problem and it really just was not doing me any good to to know every minute update from COVID nineteen. So I uh, I stopped doing that, and I've been better for it. Yeah. Well, you said you've been doing the. Have you been doing the pickup for groceries, or you've been getting them delivered? Um. So the so we've we've gotten three big things of groceries. The first time I went the to the store. The second time my girlfriend went to the store. And this last time we, um, we just got Instacart, which, uh, you know, I, you know, it's probably not great. It's very bad for the workers and everything, but, um, you know, it was, it was convenient. I made sure to not be an asshole and tip, a, you know, a, a respectful amount. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a nice service and the person who did it for me was very kind and, and, you know, whatever, I don't know. I don't feel great about using it, but I did. I got the delivery service today. No, I didn't. What's win it my... called in Canada? Yeah, it just every supermarket has it. Like through there, like I went to, we ordered at yeah. Loblaws, and then Loblaws came and delivered it for us. Yeah, for I mean, just it's not. I mean, I'm sure that infrastructure exists in some cities in the U.S. It just does not exist in my neighborhood, so it's done through a third party. Either way. It oh, was, it this was... is this is actually one thing I wanted to make sure to talk about for everyone. And it's just, you don't even really think about it, but it is, if at all possible, if you're wanting to get takeout or delivery or whatever, if it's at all possible, try and order directly through the restaurant that you're ordering from. Because the the Uber Eats and Grubhub and Postmates and, and Skip the Dishes fees are are brutal for the, the local places. Think about this. Fedora in Canada just went bankrupt. What's Fedora? Yeah, oh, Fedora. It's one. It's one of the delivery services. It didn't go bankrupt in the U.S. Maybe you guys just don't have it where you are, but it went bankrupt up here. That that has to be the worst you, business model is, how, of all time. <laughs> like, oh, we we finally got customers, and uh, now we we can't make any money. Like, I I don't get it. Yeah, uh, apparently they were like fourth of four of like the big delivery apps and a lot of uh, locals like a local restaurateurs have essentially started creating their own apps like they've commissioned like it guys to build them their own apps so they can get away from the uber eats of the world and they can all just collectively put pool their money into paying like for the development of this app get it up and going and then they can rake in more of the money from their sales i mean if that like if that was an option near me if i could just log on to um, a local app and get like, there are like, um, like three or four restaurants, like kind of just in my neighborhood that I really like. Um, I would, I would do that instead of using Postmates or whatever to get them delivered. Well, this will be good technology for them in the future as well. I would think that once, if things go back to normal and like restaurants are open again, that instead of using the Uber Eats or the skip the dishes or whatever it might be that you can use these local ones and Instead of getting a 50% rake taken from them, it's like a 5% rake and more money goes to the delivery guy or whatever it might be. That yeah. it, just, it just seems like good infrastructure for these restaurants. 
Yeah, I, I agree completely, though I am, I mean, I just, I am overall, I am uh, pessimistic that, uh, I mean, just like so many local restaurants are going to close. It's just going to be a very uh, homogenous food world for a while after this in, um, you know, medium to large cities, I fear. Well, what I have seen, at least from the closure so far and talking to some of my friends in the restaurant business, like you'll have your well-positioned ones that were always going to do well regardless. Some of like the, the upper scale, fancier ones that maybe weren't like, I, I had a friend of mine, he runs one. He's a general manager of a, a pretty high class place, but they're uptown yeah. and they're going to come back like right away because their clientele isn't going to change. Like, I think they have to get rid of half of their tables just so they can, like, social distance it or whatever, like, when things actually come back. But they're two floors. I guarantee you their lease is super high. But it's uptown, and their clientele will come back. The ones that are being hugely affected right now, at least in Toronto, are the ones down near the stadiums. So when restaurants can reopen again, if you're by Skydome or you're by BMO field or you're by the ACC and you relied on people coming to your establishment before a Leafs game and then after a Leafs game and then during a Leafs game or after a Blue yeah, Jays just, game. That's, that's over for you. Yeah. Like you're done. I mean, we, I mean, again, I, I don't want to be old takes exposed on this, but my sense is that we are not going to have crowds in, sporting games for for quite uh, some time like uh like a, a long enough time that if my business was at all reliant on that i would just assume that i need to have a different business plan if attending sporting events was your business plan if if relying on crowds uh or or crowd related income like you know if i was a bar down by a stadium or whatever and a huge chunk of my income was related to those crowds i would just uh, I would be pivoting to something else, I think. Well, and the other ones who are taking a bath right now are those like mid-sized ones where they're not, they don't have like the corporate infrastructure of a gigantic place where you're paying a bunch of people, like not a lot of money to do things. It's like the have 12 employees, you're mid-sized and your lease is just going to be too much because your profit margins were so razor thin to begin with that all those places are going to go. The ones that are actually going to survive, strangely enough, are like the smaller boutique places because they're usually run by the people who own it. Like, they're the people who work. It's like, why convenience stores? Yes. Although they've a lot of those have remained open, it's usually like a family who owns it, and they all work there. Like, those yes. places, and there, there's a lot of, like, smaller restaurants that are well, like that. Those, place, those, those, those places aren't they're not going to get owned by overhead and by leasing. Like they're just not going to get owned by all but debts. Exactly. So they're going to be able to remain in business. I, not all of them, obviously, but yeah, a, but a, some of them, a, a larger percentage of that type of business will survive where like sort of your level up version of that, like, Oh, we were a small restaurant six years ago, two years ago. Like we opened a second location, like that kind of thing. Like they're all fucked. Yeah, I mean, you know, t- tough scenes, right? And I just, you know, I'm hoping that the local restaurants, uh, one one of them that I really like and used to get takeout from like once a month is uh, is already closed, which is, you know, that's a bummer. And uh, I hope not too many more go. Was it nice in Kansas City today? Uh, it was beyond nice, man. It was, I walked, I walked my dogs for like 
an hour and <laughs> we like when all three of us we got back and like no like we didn't want to go inside it was it was so nice how was the population in kansas city like were people out well i live in st louis now but yeah, that's right there is there is this there is this park by my house it's about it's about four blocks away from my house and i didn't even go by it today because i knew i was going to be so triggered by how many people were there there i <laughs> when when it is nice outside on the weekends there is this park by my house gets flooded with people like bat, like people playing on basketball courts and like i mean you just you would just would not even be able to tell that uh, a national pandemic was happening at all so i i didn't even go by it today but i know that that's there it's going to be really nice tomorrow here. Like it was like okay today, but it was like overcast. There was a threat of rain all day. It never actually ended up raining, but I feel like that kept people inside. But yeah, tomorrow it's going to be the hottest day of the year, and it's going to be sunny and clear. And I expect everyone to be out. Uh, everyone's going to be out. I will say again, um, from some of the evidence that we are getting now, it does appear that the virus does not spread as harshly as quickly as effectively outside and, you know, wearing some sort of mask and, and taking those precautions outside. Um, it, it doesn't seem to be as brutal outside as it is inside. So if you, if you want to factor in the, the benefits of just like mental health of being outside and seeing people and stuff like that, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to shame people that hard for going outside. You know what I mean? I met up with the for the first time since all of this started. I met up with a friend yesterday. Yeah, he, he walked down to my place. We went outside. We we stood you know a good distance apart and just hung out for like half an hour. Yeah, I've done that. Um, I've done that with. I've done that a couple times with you know appropriate distancing and whatnot and everything. And you, it, it feels like feels sort of like um, clandestine, you know. But uh, yeah, it's it's nice, and I. You know, I would encourage people that feel as if they are breaking, if they're if they're having a very hard time with this. Like, I I do not think that that is like gonna be what break. You know, what what unflattens the curve, basically. The move to keep people out of these places, like there's a bunch of fences put up at like some of the very highly populated parks around yeah. the city, and I'm sure people will, like break them down and go in. That that's eventually going to happen. But what they yes. should do is they need to think outside of the box on this stuff and just start putting stuff that people hate in these places. Like you know when you go to the airport and there's those people selling the credit cards in the airport. Like no one goes near mm -hmm. those fucking people. Just set up those kiosks everywhere. If you just put up a sign on the entrances to these parks that said uh, four people known to have have COVID nineteen were at this park in the last week, no one would go in. Interesting. Do you think that they overestimate? Because I, I was looking at the, like Nate Silver's account because he's all over this. I can't make heads or tails of whether he was right, whether he was wrong, whether he has, has no idea. I have no idea. But do you think that a lot of these models over, like, not necessarily over projected how bad it was going to get? It just like if we did nothing, here's what it would look like. And then people pointed to, well, look at what they said was going to happen, how bad it was going to be, but you know, people did stuff. So that became obsolete almost immediately. So the models, the models were doing projections based on no intervention. Right. And they were also doing 
models where testing had not really been widespread. Like, like when these models were coming out, even in the countries that had been most impacted, uh, you know, in Italy and stuff, the testing was not that widespread. And they were also being based off of a lot of junk data from China. I think the thing that we can say with relative certainty now is that more people have been infected with this than we projected initially, and that the death rate is going to be lower. Um, so the death rate in average healthy people is going to be lower than projected, but the the severity of this comes from the people that the people that do get it who are in bad health. There's just like nothing that can be done for them, basically. Well, that's shitty. At least my my grandma is now staying indoors, so that's nice. Good for her. I, I, I'm I'm glad that she didn't get it, and I'm glad that she uh, is staying indoors. Yeah, I mean, at least that's what she's saying is that she's staying indoors. We'll see about that. I mean, I won't be able to see because she lives three thousand miles away. But did you see those screen grabs that I sent you from R slash Band Video Games? Yes. Yes, I that, did. That and is, they, they were hilarious to me. They are that is my single favorite place to go on the internet right now. Just uh just to laugh at um yeah, at that people who take things on the internet too seriously. Way too seriously. And I feel bad because it's probably like thirteen year olds for all I know. That's the weird thing about Reddit is You never know. You're just on it like honestly, like if you had to give an average age of someone on Reddit, what would you say it is? Because I enjoy the Am I the asshole page. So I'll, I like to read the, is this person an asshole or not? And then, like, half the time it's, like, male, 13 years old. It's like, oh, like, what, why are you on Reddit? This, this doesn't make any sense. Then I started to think, it's like, oh, am I the outlier here? Am I just old and on Reddit and everyone else is? No, I would, actually, I would actually think Reddit would skew a little older. Like, I don't think, I don't, cause I don't think Reddit is, like, uh, like, a big middle school thing, you know? I, I, I hope not, because there is savage stuff. Yeah, it's it. terrible stuff on Reddit. But r slash banned video games is a satirical thread calling, saying that Hitler invented video games <laughs> and people need to find God in all this stuff. And it's just like the memes are hilarious. And then people who love video games go on it and get exceptionally triggered and, and just get triggered. And yeah. it's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it is, uh, it is certainly one of those things where let's just like you you imagine the person that's triggered by this and it it is it is utterly hilarious to just to just think about it i, I think my favorite one was the one that i sent you which is like gamers will say it's photoshop but the facts don't lie and it's just a hand-drawn <laughs> graph with an arrow pointing up that has crimes and gaming as the two axes and people but the are facts like don't, the facts don't lie though the facts don't lie look it up <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if they would just Google it, like, they would know that the facts don't lie. And just, like, I, I did Google it. I couldn't find that anywhere. I don't think that's real. <laughs> really. It's drawn in marker. Yeah, who knew? Who knew? Facts don't lie. There's a lot of, like, I, like, have you been exposed to, like, all the horrible memes that are going around? Like, especially, like, Facebook memes? I don't get on Facebook. Uh, well, I mean, you can encounter them in other places. Sometimes people share them on the Twitter machine, elsewhere. Like, th some of them are really out of control. The most, of, like, I'm not easily offended by things, but people comparing the quarantine to, like, Nazi concentration camps is. Oh, yeah. I bit mean, much. I, I saw. Bit much. I saw the, the protester who had the. I, I 
I'm not going to try and butcher the German, but had the German phrase that was above the entrance to the Dachau um, uh, uh, Holocaust camp yeah, as work, like work a, will, a sign of protest. Will, work will set you work free. will free you. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, it's, it's it's like the the alt right in the United States is they're uh, they're you know they're no longer pretending. Basically, they're just like yes, we we are Nazis. I don't even know if that is the alt right. I just think that's like a collection of crazy people. I, I don't think that they identify with any sort of leaning whatsoever. I think they're just fucking nuts. Uh, I mean, if you talk to that person, they are definitely a, a right-leaning political person. But that's not even like really even on the political spectrum once you're that nuts. Oh, I mean, the yeah, of course it is. I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah. Like, thinking that, thinking that the quarantine... Because it, because again, it all comes down to the idea of like liberty, right? For you know some I mean? people, like, like there there was a there was a protest today at like our premier's office, and there was like two hundred yeah. people on the lawn outside, and they were like, "What?" It's not like it was a collective. We're here because we need to go back to work. People were there protesting all sorts of things. One guy, like the main photo from it, was just like. So this guy holding up a sign that said, I am essential. And, like, it was very clear that he was the least essential person on the planet. Like, there, there's no sure. way that this guy has any sort of work or a job probably in the first place. Uh, he is definitely not essential. I'll throw that one out there. But there was people there protesting the development of vaccines. There was people there. There was one person there who oh, was— Oh, yeah, pro- because, uh, because, because Bill Gates— um- is yeah. using the vaccine to sterilize all of us. Yeah, uh, people were there protesting 5G and how it's spreading coronavirus. Um, what else? Uh, someone, there was one person actually protesting the internment of Japanese Americans in 1942, which I just thought was like, wow. I mean, not a bad thing to be Yeah, I mean, not, like, not a bad thing to protest, but just interesting time to bring it yeah, up. Yeah, just a very odd timing with all of this. So just, it's a collection of nutbags. I mean, yeah, a collection of a collection of crazy people. That, I mean, that's in general what most political protests are going to be. Well, no, I mean, there are. Listen, there there are definitely justified ones, but it's just so weird to see people out there protesting with the masks on. That's just the weirdest thing in the world to me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we talked about this. the the people The people who are protesting the quarantine with the masks on that they don't they get no sympathy for me if they get the coronavirus. They should still be social distancing when they do this because they, they, they threaten to like write people up fines if they weren't social distancing during the protest. They should have done that because people were not social distancing. They were standing right next to each other. Just go write them up fines and you know, then they'll go home. Well, will they, though? Yeah. I mean, these people can't afford fines. I, I, I guess you make a good point. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I just I don't like I don't have I don't have an answer of what to tell these people. Right. Right. Like. It's it's reopening is a bad idea. I just I don't know what world you I don't know what world these people are living in where they're like, yeah, all right, we're good to go. I got you just can't have reasonable discourse with someone that believes that. Have you been speaking with your family via the internet? Man, I did a I did a couple of Zoom calls with my family and uh I don't really I don't really like spending that much time with my family ch- talking with them in general. So, that was a that was a one and done for me. I've been trying to talk to my family like on FaceTime most days. Yeah, like, I'll like, call them one on one. Yeah, but I, I called my grandma the other day. Not not the going out grandma, the staying in grandma. 
Yeah. And she was explaining to me Zoom fails that she was watching, like, on Ellen or something like that. And it was the craziest thing in the world that my grandma knew what not only knew what zoom was like to a point that like these people don't even mute themselves and like you can see them on the toilet like i don't understand i was like well this is where we're at nan don't worry about it yeah uh, i mean that is, it is crazy to think of a world where grandmas know what zoom is like that's bizarre yeah i did, did not see that one coming to, to be perfectly honest would, would not would not have predicted that um that my work account uh, that I use to uh, to create podcasts would be something that I would need or something that would be useful in a, a global pandemic. Yeah, did Zoom stock go way up? Has that happened? Oh, big time, big time, big time. I saw for a while people were buying the wrong Zoom. The wrong Zoom, yeah. Smart. Yeah, people were buying the wrong Zoom. Let's see what do we what do we think what do we think the uh, the stock is at right now? Let's uh, let's give it a look. Well, what, what was it in January first? Ooh, the I will. I'll look. Oh, I'm, this, pulling, this, I'm pulling. This is pulling my Robin Hood up right now. Great news for Pat Mayo. Just checked out the exchange between the U.S. dollar and the Canadian dollar. It's it's up five cents since I looked the other day. Nice. So Zoom year over year is up sixty four dollars, eighty five percent. Three months ago, it was. It's up. It's up eighty percent from three months ago. Up sixty one dollars. So what, um, it was trading at like ten bucks. Yeah, bucks, uh, it's yeah. I'm trying to get the exact date here. Yeah, February seventh. So like here, February tenth, random day. Um, it was trading at eighty nine bucks. And what is it now? One thirty nine. I mean, I saw this coming. Why didn't I buy this fucking stock? I, I did, but I I sold it. Smart. I. Well, I mean, not really. Like I made like I think I made like forty bucks. Awesome. You know what? Making making forty bucks is um is better than many people who are bad at money like me when they go when they foray into the stock market. So I guess I can't be mad about it. Yeah, you're the guy who bought Bitcoin at twenty one k. I'm the uh oh, Bitcoin has been very good to me the last couple of days. Yeah, how is is Bitcoin going up now? Yeah, uh, when I checked this morning, it was at eighty nine hundred. Let's see what's it at. Let's see what it is at right now. Uh, yeah, it's at 8,977. So, um, I've just been buying, you know, this whole last couple of years. So portfolio is doing all right, Pat. We're, we're going to make it. Let's see. April 23rd, it was 7,400 bucks. So it's up over a thousand bucks in the last two weeks. Yeah. It's a, it's a good asset right now. Yeah. So it's what, a good asset all the time, but what does it go to before you sell it? If it gets, I'll never will. Well, I mean, what's the point of having it? I mean, I'll sell it like 20 years from now when I when it becomes something, you know, that can change my life. But what, what you know, what do I need a couple thousand dollars right now for? Jeez. Didn't realize you were so rich. Well, so like, think about it, like a couple thousand dollars. I can't I can't buy a nice car with that. Can't can't buy a house with that. It just it doesn't five thousand, ten thousand dollars either way. It's like you know, it's better to hold on for the potential in the future. Yeah, but it's probably going to go back down. So if you just wanted to trade it all the time, you could you could say, I want to put in a request to buy it every time that it drops behind, below $7,000. And every time it gets above $9,500, I will sell it. And then you would just be periodically making money. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the issue, the issue with that is just like, 
you got to, I mean, you got to pay a lot of fees. You got to pay taxes and all that stuff. So you got to be doing it at a big enough dollar amount to make all that worth it. And you have to to pay taxes on Bitcoin. Yeah. Oh, on profits. Really? That feels like something you should be able to hide because it's Bitcoin. Well, you, I mean, yes, you you could, but theoretically it is in the IRS tax code that you have to pay taxes on. Uh, sold like when you sell and you make gains, you have to pay taxes on it. Well, I've decided that if I ever run for politics, which would be a terrible idea on my mm-hmm. part, but I get why Republicans win every second cycle, regardless of who the Republican is, because I just paid my taxes, so I paid my corporate taxes and I paid my yeah, and you're just tilting person. your face off. Yeah, just taxation is theft. I hate it. If someone says they're going to lower my taxes, I don't really care what else they do. I'm voting for them. <laughs> Well, I mean, part of that is just because Democrats are so freaking bad at policy. Democrats should not, the the taxes for, for someone like you should not be high under, under real liberalism. It's just this, it's just this shitty neoliberalism that, uh, that actually no one likes and no one benefits from and no one wins under, uh, you know, 2020s liberalism. Just don't just, I, I was not thrilled to pay the taxes. I paid the taxes. I was like, oh my God. Like this, this is horrible. Well, it's even more, I mean, it's even more tilting to pay your taxes when you, when you hate the government, you're paying the taxes too. also. I mean, I, I never really looked at it that way. It's just, I needed, I, like we had talked about, uh, you know, on previous shows, I want to buy a house and I've been planning for this for like two years. So I actually had to take, pay myself more than I normally would to get the money yeah. out of the company so I could actually put down a down payment on a house. And because I did that, I had to pay way more in taxes. And I was like, oh. Yeah, taxes and. Just like, oh my God, this is the worst thing. Yeah, it's a, ni- it's a nightmare. Yeah. So like, you know, when I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm thinking of, um, okay, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna pay my taxes and I'm like, great. Like, great. My, my money that like doesn't even matter is, um, is just going to go in and uh, it's going to buy like, half of a wheel for a tank like that's all i can think of it's just like this is just terrible and i'm you know this just this system that i like absolutely hate and it's just it's miserable to pay taxes under a system where you you hate the leadership i just like i said taxes in general just i don't enjoy paying them i don't think anyone does and that's why i'm gonna lower taxes has such resonance with people whether you lower the taxes or not just saying it is like good enough for people they're like yeah that's an idea i I can get behind Yeah, I mean, that, that is true. And if, you know, the problem is, is that there's not really a great nuanced way to be like, actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to increase the taxes on people who take and take and take and then don't pay enough. And I'm going to decrease the taxes on, you know, people who make less than $200,000 a year or whatever. Like, there's just like, even, even that soundbite is just too much for the average person to digest. And, and American voters are like, well, one day I'm going to be rich. What, and then when I get rich, I'm not going to want to pay those taxes. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's so dumb. It is just, it's oh, so tilting. Yeah. But nowhere in the world can you be like so incredibly stupid yet be so incredibly rich than America. It's not even close. That, that's, the, that's the allure of America. <laughs> yeah. You know, the number of people making those jumps in tax brackets, though, it's getting smaller and smaller every year. But there's still a lot of people making those jumps in tax brackets. I don't know. No, I really don't know about that. The the even even the upper middle class in the United States is starting to get squeezed. 
it's starting to get squeezed, but because it's America, there's always people rising up from nothing. There, is, there is. It's a very low percentage of people, but your ability to do that in America is still the big appeal of America. But like, as an upper middle class person, like if I was one, oh, I like that wouldn't. Is, you... That is the the stinkiest statement I think you've ever said. As an I meant, up, I meant, as an upper I meant, middle class person, let me tell meant... you about <laughs> private schools. No, I meant if I was one, I will never be an upper middle class person. I will either be a middle class person or a rich person or a poor person. But if, if, if I get enough money to accumulate upper middle class wealth, you better bet I'm taking massive, massive risks to try and get rich. That's the only way to do it, I think. If you somehow, let's say you won the millionaire maker. Let's say you won two millionaire makers in the same year. Let's live in that world. Yeah. Probably not going to mm-hmm. happen. And you were able to... <laughs> I would also agree it's very unlikely to happen. And, and let's say somehow you took all that money and you invested it in Bitcoin and Bitcoin doubled the next day. So all of a sudden you have like after taxes, let's say like 3 million bucks laying around. Would you yeah. consider moving to like the Caribbean or wherever? Just to avoid paying taxes and, and be rich and happy? Not even the avoid paying taxes part because you've paid your taxes on it at this point. Yeah, right. But once let's you say, get it. Yeah, and sure. you're just like, hey, with... Three and a half million dollars of cold, hard cash. I can move to, I don't know, Belize. Live in a mansion, live on the beach, have my internet access. Like, it's, the world is smaller in that way, where, like, you're not off the grid, so to speak. You could, you could theoretically still do your job from there. Yeah. Like, would you ever think about doing something like that? Because I started to think about it. Just, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't go over real well with, uh, with my my girlfriend and and uh, associated people, and I just I don't think it, I don't think it would go over well. Yeah, and there's there's never going to be anything more that people enjoy to do. As well, I mean, not like people in general. People probably like listening to this show. Somehow living in a world where they just accumulate a ton of money and can really do whatever they want. Like, I know I live in that world. Like, I don't play the lottery, but I do envision what it would be like to win the lottery. I just know you know the lottery is a sucker bet. So why would I ever play it? But you know. It works both ways. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, sure, it would be great to have uh, access to unfettered wealth. I mean, who do, who has not had their, you know, their, oh, I buy this and this and donate to this and figure this out and everything. Like, everyone, everyone's thought of, like, you know, what would I do if I get $100 million? See, I think $100 million would be different. Let's just say you had, like, $6 million. Because that's different. Like, you'd have to, and I think this is where probably, people... I could probably run out of $6 million in a year. What are you, Brewster's Millions? No, I just think six, like, I mean, that's it's just not as much money as you think it is, I think. You could retire on six, you could probably retire on today if you had $4 million in cash. I mean, fuck, if you had, like, $2 million in cash, you could probably retire if you weren't, like, a crazy person. I don't think for the, so I'm 27, you know, you'd think I'd live to, like, what, 65? You? Two no. million now yeah well good point good point i mean i i think that at the two million like it'd be enough to like live a, a normal life yeah but you know you want to ha- you want to have the ceiling for more no a- absolutely and that's the problem that's how people like lose their two million bucks kind of thing but if you just wanted to live off like basically you invest it in something that's very low risk and you make i don't know three to four percent a year what's three to four percent of two million bucks maybe that's not enough that's 60, yeah. like 3% is $60,000 a year. So maybe if you could try well, to get- Well, also we got to, we got to account for inflation. 
Yeah, but generally, if you have your stuff in, if you have your money in that, then it will go up. Right. It will yeah, not money, only, money, not, not only will <laughs> money it printer going burr. Yeah. yeah. But like, let's say you were able to get something that adjusted your money for inflation and it returned 5% of a year. And you just made a hundred thousand, you got a hundred thousand dollars every year for the rest of your life. And you still had this money. In I, the would, bank. I think I'd, I think I'd sign up. I think I'd sign up for that provided I'm allowed to try and make more money. I think everyone with would, that money. They? I mean, not everyone, but like, that sounds pretty awesome. And that's with $2 million in, in cash. If you were able to pull that off, like, yeah, it's, I'd sign up. I'd sign up for that for sure. But if you had like a hundred million dollars, like I wouldn't want to move to Belize. I'd probably want to buy like a penthouse in Manhattan or something like that. Maybe not right now, but you know, eventually. Somewhere where I can play online poker a lot for a lot of money. That's what I would like. That's what you would do. You had a hundred million dollars. You'd be playing fucking online poker. Oh yeah. I would be playing. I would be, I would be donking off millions in, uh, in high stakes. Why wouldn't you just go to like, like move to Monte Carlo (laughs) play there. There's like, there's like, cause you know, I, I, when I got really into poker, um, everyone was, uh, everyone was already into the online scene really hard. So I like, I think there's almost like more glory in playing really high stakes games online. Yeah. There is not more glory in playing high stakes games online. That's, that's such a loser talk. <laughs> you sound spoken like someone who didn't, uh, who didn't rail the East Hill Dare one games on full tilt back in the day, Pat. You are completely correct. You didn't, you didn't, uh, I, I would have, I would have pegged you as someone who got into, uh, online poker after the money maker thing. I played a lot of live poker. Yeah. I hate online live poker. poker. I, live, I, live poker is terrible. I love live poker. It's fun. It's interactive. I can like yell at people at the table. It's, it's a lot of fun. Like playing, like, like playing one, two in a casino. Yeah. One, two or two, five. Oh my gosh, dude. Just like nothing. I mean, it is fun in its own way, but it's terrible. I can't imagine just like being at my house on my computer and playing fucking poker. Like that would tilt me to no end. I'm literally doing it right now. Well, thanks for your undivided attention. <laughs> what do you play like six <laughs> tables at once? Uh, sometimes I just have one up in the corner right now. Like that. I just don't see the fun of that. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not like I'm doing this for fun right now. It's just cause I, I don't know, because I have a severe attention deficit problem. Do you feel like more people are going to have ADD in the future because of all the gadgets? I, I mean, we're just, our brains are just broken, right? Like, our brains are are just so, like, uh, it's just such a bad situation from, from how much we're on our screens, and it's going to get even worse. And the people who it's really bad for right now are children who... Maybe they would have had healthy screen habits before, and they for sure do not have healthy screen habits now because they are just on their screens 24-7. I can tell you my son is getting in his screen time at the moment. Yeah, like, so, but your son, like, isn't also doing, uh, like, school on a computer. So, like, kids right now are... My, my, my son is not. My son is 15 months old. Correct. But there are a lot of kids who are doing their, you know, four or five hours of, four or five hours of school a day and then they're getting off and they're getting on their iPad and, you know, doing whatever it is that they do. Yeah. That, that I'm very, I'm very glad. Like just, cause I have a couple of friends who have like seven year olds or eight year olds and like, they have to sit down and do the schoolwork with them, make sure they're paying attention, go over like review their work like that. 
Well, it would be nice to be like, hey, go do this for four hours so I can like fuck off for a minute where I can't do that with my son because you have to watch him at all times because he doesn't know what the fuck's yeah. going on. But at the right. same time, like I don't want to be responsible for like schooling my kids. I just really don't. I assume most parents uh, just no, said fuck it's hard. It. Yeah. Be like, yeah, 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 yeah schooling schooling kids is hard. But like, are you really missing anything when you're eight at school? Yeah, you're missing like uh, social building blocks. Like that's mostly what you're learning. Yeah, but whatever. Like if this lasts six months, it lasts six months, and you go back to school. Like, do you need to be a homeschooling the kids? Like, really, is that doing anything? Do you think? I, I feel like it's not. If it's if it's six months, no, it's probably not going to end up being that big of a deal. If these kids are at home isolated and only on screens for a year. We are gonna have a we're gonna have a lot of weirdly adjusted kids. Yeah, we're just gonna have a lot more uh, people who take Reddit very seriously. Yes, yeah, a lot more, a lot more of that. One thing that I have done since this is all gone on, I've really leaned into like my guilty pleasures on the internet. So, like I said, that uh, the band video games on Reddit, big on that. I enjoy checking that out every day for like twenty minutes passes the time but i i love text fails i think it's my favorite thing on the internet text text fails yeah like screenshots of like text gone awry uh yeah i mean i <laughs> i get it i guess i don't know but like, I, 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 I that feel is, like that's I feel not like, my corner of the internet no, no no but i feel like everyone has their own text fail whatever it might sure, be like, yeah stupid yeah. thing on the internet that they just Whenever there's like a headline for 27 fill in the blank, you're like, oh, I need to see. I need to click on that and I need to read these. Yes, for sure. Yeah, there, so, there's something like that that exists for everyone. What do you, what do you think yours is? I just, um, I spend a lot of time on uh, like different subreddits. Like I'll read or, or like, uh, like the 2 plus 2 Pocus Poker Forum or um the the mlb the show subreddit on reddit because that's a video game that i'm playing right now that seems like or, it would be very toxic oh it's like i can't i can't post there yeah it's too toxic i don't think uh, i've actually never posted on reddit <laughs> i post my fantasy articles on reddit sometimes don't that's you get, it don't you get banned for that uh no well i mean maybe some subreddits i don't know See, I would like to have that's that's one thing that I would like to do for the next incarnation of my show is basically set up a subreddit for the show where people from the show can go there and I can interact with people there. And then fans can interact with each other and like build a community that way. I think that would be good, I think, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be I mean, you know, you never know. Like how much do you want to know about the people listening to your show, right? feel like i get a lot of interaction with them via twitter but this would just be a pl place to save stuff or like bounce ideas off of everyone because like you know w when eggs start coming at you on twitter with like they're good ideas rarely are they good ideas yeah i mean i could see i could see a subreddit being productive for a podcast for sure i'm sure there are many productive subreddits for podcasts out there yeah because i've met a lot like a lot of the people that I've come to know through doing the show, who listen to the show, got in contact with me, all these people are way smarter than me. So, you know, I should be, like, not necessarily smarter in coming up with good ideas for the show. They're just overall very smart people, at least a lot of the ones that I've met. That, you know, just going back and forth with smart people is never a bad thing. 
Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you know, like it, what's interesting about Reddit is, yeah, you get a lot of the, the trolling and like the super toxic and, you know, there's lots of, uh, lots, lots of creepy stuff on Reddit too. But I, you know, I mean, I, I do feel like there is, because obviously you can post longer messages and stuff there. I feel like there also is like a, a measured amount of, um, you know, good interactions there, like, like smarter discourse there. Yeah, there can there there is the potential for that to be there. <laughs> but, yes, yeah, I think that's rather the right way to say it. But right now, like all the Reddit's that I'm like sub to are basically memes that make me laugh, like r slash trashy. I like that one. It's funny. Am I? I've been to that one. That am one's I, funny. Am I the idiots in cars? People who just suck at driving and it's on video. Yeah, that uh, just also while we're talking, Bitcoin just rose another three hundred bucks. Sell. No, I'm not selling any. Sell. No. Never. I, not never. If it gets to a hundred k, I'll probably sell some. If it gets to a hundred k. Yeah. You just live in like fantasy land, don't you? With your fantasy money and your fantasy outcomes. It's a good thing you work in fantasy. That that really goes well. Hand if in hand. if. So if Bitcoin doesn't die and it still exists oh, 30 years from now, yeah. it, I mean, it's going to be worth a lot of money just on the nature of inflation. So if it just goes up with inflation, then what was the point of having it? Well, it will, it will beat inflation in terms of the money put, being put into it. It might. Or because something, it's, it's a or, deflationary asset. Or something better than Bitcoin. A Bitcoin replica that's better comes along and tanks Bitcoin. A lot of people, a lot of, lot of, um, lot of, lot of coins have tried. Yeah, for what? Two years? You're talking about thirty years in the future. Oh, Bitcoin's been around for eleven years. Yeah, and it wasn't worth anything until what? Two years ago. Let's uh, let's pull out a long-term graph here. Bitcoin price chart. Okay, what are, what are we defining as worth anything? Let's see. When, like, like, like over a hundred bucks. Like, like when the spike actually happened, it, it went from like. Let's see here. 2016, it was like 500 bucks, and then it got to like 2,000 July 2017. Then it went up to like 20,000 or whatever it was. So it's been four years yeah. since it's been like worth something. I mean, if yeah, four four years sounds about right. I mean, you there was there was liquidity in it before that, but I don't I don't disagree with what you're saying. So we'll see what happens in 30 years time when you hope to cash out for 100k of Bitcoin. Who knows? Maybe. I mean, it's it's the same it's the same thought process as why I wouldn't sell any of my stocks right now or or, or any gold shares or anything like that. Well, you wouldn't want to sell low on your stocks. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, just just the idea the idea of owning stocks and gold and stuff is just that you are you are wanting to put your time that you use to acquire value you're wanting to put that in something that is going to beat the value of a dollar because it's not going to deflate. Sure. But you could lose all your money doing it. I mean, I think probably pretty unlikely that you would um, lose all of your money in stocks or gold or anything. I mean, almost anyone who has money in the market is way down over the past three months. It's, I mean, way down relative to, it depends on when they bought it, right? It depends on when and what they bought. Sure, but just by and large, everything is down. Like I went and looked at mine the other day. I was like, oh boy, I've lost a lot of money. 
<laughs> yeah, there. I mean, so the market is down like from the from the high highs. It's like 10, 15% on some stuff right now where it, you know, it was down like people were people were losing their shirts. Yeah. Anyway. But it, unless you need the money on hand right now, it, it doesn't matter because five years from now, it'll it you'll you'll have twenty percent gains or whatever. Yeah, well, hopefully that's the case. That would be great for everyone, at least everyone who's investing in stocks, I suppose. Again, this is why I told you that I have someone who does this for me because I, I don't really know, don't really care to know. Tell you the truth. I mean, yeah, it saves you. It saves you um, from having to think or care about it at all yeah which it, is it saves me from there's having, huge value in that well it saves me from having to know about it like i've previously pointed out i'm not very smart so that's yeah can't, to, can't can't read i, I can't read so. you, think, you think i can do math <laughs> good god like this is not yeah, the, i mean <laughs> you're right yeah but I, I do feel that i was thinking about this like during the quarantine seeing these people out and like just the craziness that's going on everywhere from people and they're not like like you have your like crazy, crazy people, but then you have like people who you just kind of thought were like a bit weird. Turns out that they're also crazy. Um, so I feel good about the future for my kids, and this might be the last Corona cast that we do because my wife is due any day. So I probably won't have time to be doing these uh, anymore. Wow, the people are the people are gonna miss it, man. The, they they did not like when we missed a week. I got probably more complaints about that than uh, than anything. So did I actually. It turns out people did not really care that I did the Outlaw tour. They wanted the Corona cast back. They wanted but, the Corona cast. Now, my wife is doing three weeks, but on the second baby, it can come uh, a bit sooner. So we, we have planned like it can come any day. So maybe we get another three out of this. I don't know. We'll see. But I did. I was thinking just like, I feel good about my kids' futures. Not necessarily the state of the world, but the the state of them versus other people. Like, People, as it turns out, by and large, are absolute fucking morons. And, like, they're raising kids, these idiots. And, like, I'm dumb, but I'm not, like, bottom of the barrel dumb. And, like, my 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 parents are pretty hands-off. So if I can, like, be hands-on and instill, like, a decent amount of knowledge into them, I feel like they're going to be fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I learn more and more every day that uh, the common man the average person is not as intelligent as I want them to be. Well, I'm going the other way now. I'm on the dip. Like, I feel like I got as smart as I was ever going to get. Now I'm going the other way. Like, I just can't retain information the same way. I was thinking about it when I was rewatching shows during this time. Yeah. Like, I find it really hard to watch something new. Like, I've, I've been trying to get into The Leftovers for, like, 10 years or however fucking long that's been out. I've watched the first episode, like, seven times. And, like, into the next one, like, oh, baby's running around. What did I miss? Like, did I miss, like, 30 seconds there? Like, now I don't know what's going on anymore. Like, if I'm going to re... Like, I'm rewatching season one of The Wire right now. I'm at the mm-hmm. very end of the season. Like, I've seen The Wire five times through. So if I miss 30 seconds, like, I still know what's going on. Like, those are the shows I have to watch. Now. I get why people watch... I'm starting to understand why older people watch, like, CBS and NBC and these, like, shitty shows on these shitty channels because it's not hard to follow along. Yeah, I mean... uh I mean, and also I think there is like a nature of like the comfort food of uh, a lot of these because the world fucking sucks and is scary right now. And, uh, you know, just watching something that you know and that you like and that you feel familiar with, it's like, it's like, it's like eating your mom's casserole. Like, yeah, maybe it's not your, maybe it's not the best food in the world, 
but you know what it is and it makes you feel warm inside. I, I think there's that aspect to it. I just think my attention span is so I used to love watching new stuff. Like I've seen so many movies, so many TV shows, like, and I did that for 20 years. And like, it's now to the point where I find it hard to do that. Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest problem that, uh, the, the, Biggest problem that I have right now is um, I, I like actually am dumber than when I was in college. I'm, I'm trying to like read more now. And I just am realizing that I am like actively like worse at reading, understanding. I've forgotten a ton of references that I would have known when I was in college. And uh, just, it's just making me feel shitty. Yeah. Uh, I stepped on the scale. Most I've weighed in two years. Oh, not, dude. Not it's, great. it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. So miss the gym. It's not only it's it's the eating habits. It's not so much the gym for me. It's the poor eating habits that I've developed. Like I've I've really tried to eat healthy, and I it's not like I'm eating poorly, but I'm just eating at times where I would just never eat. Like ten o'clock at night, not a time I normally eat. Now I eat at ten o'clock at night for no real reason. I don't even think I'm hungry. I'm just I got nothing to do, so I'm going to eat. Yeah, I am. I am both eating worse than I ever have and exercising the least amount in terms of pure energy expended. Like maybe, maybe I'm spending two hours a day walking, running a little bit, whatever, but I just like, yeah, I mean, we talked about it just like going to the gym. You're, you, you, you get in a routine. It's like, you're there to do your thing. You know what you're doing. And I just, I've just, I don't have any of that right now. Yeah. There's that, but there's also the, there's the day to day motion that we miss because we're inside. Like I'm laying down half the day now, like on my couch or I'm sitting on my chair. And it's not that big of a break from my normal day-to-day life where I would come to the office and sit in a chair. But I'm always moving around like I'm going to the office. You know, I, I might walk to the office some days. It's like three three kilometers away. I might like once a week do that walk along with going to the gym or, you know, walking up to the grocery store every second day because that's generally how we used to buy our groceries. That I would walk up to the store, we'd get what we need, I'd walk home. Like that's half a mile away, half a mile away. There's just an extra mile of walking that was added on to all the exercising that I was doing anyway. And now that's just gone. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. The, the, um, the like tertiary exercise is eliminated. And yeah, like, uh, like if I had not gone to the gym, you know how like people count their steps. I don't really do that, but people go to the gym. Like when I was going to the gym, if I decided like, Hey, it's Tuesday, I'm sore. My legs hurt. My arms hurt. I don't feel like working out today. Even if I didn't go to the gym, I would probably still have, 3,000 to 5,000 steps in just because because I move around during the day. Now, that is if I don't go, actively go out for a run outside or a walk with my baby, that it's zero. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah, I mean, and and I, I would say that uh, like on, on days where on days where like maybe maybe my girlfriend walks the dogs in the morning and I'm busy. So I don't come down at lunch to let them out. I could get to, I could get to five o'clock in the afternoon. I'm done with work. And, um, I, I literally have taken less than 500 steps. Well, Raza, when we were at the DFS open showed us his, like, uh, his walk counter because he, we went out and played golf and he's like, good God, I'm at like 15,000 steps. I, I, his, he's like, I think my phone is going to think that someone stole it. Cause he showed us one from like three days before it was 78 steps. <laughs> that, uh, 
but that's not a lot of steps. He's right? like, I, he's like, I was on my couch. I walked to the bathroom when I had to use the bathroom, and I got something to eat once during the day. <laughs> that's um, that's I mean, that's that's really wild. That is yeah. that is um, that's really wild. It's nuts, right? I would imagine that unless I am sick, like unless I have the flu or the cold or something, there hasn't been a day where I have taken uh, less than, you know, uh, let's say a thousand steps in 10 years. Yeah. So once I, I hit this peak weight, which, I mean, it, it's fine. Like, I'm not too concerned about it. But once you start putting on weight you're like i have to curb this so you have to flatten the curve of weight a little bit because if, you, if i was like if i continue to gain weight at this rate like i'm gonna be super fat in no time uh so i need to like stop it now like I, so i need to actively do something so i was like you know what i've been wanting not necessarily wanting to run because as we've talked about running is not the best you hate running outside and just i find running boring to begin with but i've always just kind of done it along with everything else as a good way to lose weight so and now that I'm not moving around during the course of the day, that's probably extra better to do it. So I was like, I'm going to start running for basically seven miles a day. Can I run seven miles a day? At, oh, my God. Uh, at, so I put the baby down at noon or like between noon and noon 30 every day. I was like, if he sleeps for two hours, my wife's at home with him. She doesn't need to take care of him because he's asleep. Can I go run for an hour and get in seven miles? I was like, if I try to do this every day until the baby comes, then I'll be like, fine. Like, I'll be back down to the weight that I need to be at, and then I'll probably regain all the weight when we have the new baby and I really can't do anything. So I need to get ahead of that. So I did seven miles the first day. Felt good. Did seven miles the second day. You know, it felt like, all right, it was a bit tougher. Uh, my time was better than it was the first day. So it's nice to kind of measure yourself. I did six today, and it was bad. It was slow, and, yeah. I, and I hurt yep. the entire time. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I am certainly with you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get on a scale. Cause I don't even want to, I don't even want to know what it says. Now you do want to, you do want to know that. Cause I, I've weighed myself every day for the past seven years. I weigh myself at the same time every single that day. Is, that is psychotic behavior. Why? I, I like to know where I'm at. Like I, for a while I was doing it once a week. Like every Monday I would weigh myself at like 9am empty stomach when I woke up and just tried to like if you're gonna weigh yourself, you have to weigh yourself the same way. Like my wife does. Right. My wife does that now. She'll like weigh herself like after dinner one night, and then she'll weigh herself like the next morning. I was like, that's gonna be like eight pounds difference. <laughs> like, right? You're, you're not getting a good read. But no, like I like to wake up. I put myself on the scale. I write it down, and then I figure out where to go from there. So it gives you a good graph of what you're doing. Like, especially like when I was lifting. Like, I want to be gaining weight right now. Am I gaining weight? It's a good way to detail your results, isn't it? Uh, I mean, I feel like I'm talking to like a high school beauty queen right now. Are you serious? Like you don't do that with like, you don't do that with your gambling either. Um, no, I do. I, I keep track of, I keep track of that stuff, but, yeah, but how wouldn't that be any different? I don't know. Cause I don't want to know how fat I am probably. Yeah. But if you know what you are all the time, then you get your, you start running seven miles a day again. You're I like, mean, oh, this is getting out of control. I got to stop this. I was not I was not particularly having a hard time working out before this, but I guess I just gotta I guess I just gotta figure it out, right? Yeah, maybe so. Like I don't think you're you're it's terrible. Like I, I I thought that taking doing like a three mile walk with the with the kid every day was gonna cut it. It was not cutting it. No. Uh uh-uh. uh. 
Yeah, and I mean, it's it's uh, also, you know, I right when this first started, I was still doing the intermittent fasting a little bit, and that is just that's completely gone off too. Yeah, I, I was good for like three days, and I was like, can't do this. Yeah, I think I did like I think I did like a week, maybe maybe like five days, and uh, that's been that's been gone. I did order once a week. We try to order out like something nice. Yeah. Because we're really trying not to order out, but although we are ordering out more than usual, uh, we went to this place. I think that years ago we had may have talked about this. That we talked about like how protesting restaurants and places is only just working as marketing for those places. So the place that I ordered from was this like big game restaurant where there was vegan protests in Toronto. It's the only reason I know about it. It's because there was these stupid oh, protests. That sounds delicious. It was. I had. I had a bison steak. Uh, we ordered. Oh, we ordered. How a, good is bison? Bison. I don't think I'd ever had bison before, but it was fucking. Oh, it's delicious. so good. That's a big time Kansas thing. You come to Kansas places, they'll have bison burgers and and shit like that, and it is so good. Yeah, like, and this place was fantastic. But the only reason that I knew about it is because the place itself had gone viral because there were so many vegan protests outside of it. You know, you'd think you'd think that with my political beliefs, I'd be I'd be all in on like the vegan soy crap. But like, I literally I I I detest it. It's because you enjoy meat so much. I think that. Well, first of all, I think that um, the vegan replacement products are are just like poison sludge to the body. They're so terrible for you, and they're marketed as healthy, and they're really not. It's like it's like willingly trying to kill your heart. Um, but also, like if if the argument if the argument is made, like okay, this is this is cruel to animals. Um, yes, the the feedlots, the way that meat packaging and everything goes in the United States, it is actually terrible. I have no I have no rebuttal to that, and I am all for reforming that. But like, you know, eating eating meat is like the natural order of life. Not if you're a brontosaurus. Not if you're a brontosaurus, but if you're, uh, I mean, if you're, if your species eats meat, like that's just normal shit. I just like meat. I'm going to continue to eat meat. I, I really don't care how it's killed. Yeah, I'm not going to not <laughs> eat meat. I'm not going to not eat meat anyways. But I just like, I, I dislike meat protests in general. It's it's the same reason that I'm not going to ride my bike through the city. I just don't want to be a bike rider. Don't like it. Mm, I think I think maybe I would like riding my bike more than I would like uh, running seven miles. Yeah, it's just not the same workout. It's better than sitting on my couch playing online poker. That's fair. It's it's not so much that I don't like biking. I don't like the people who bike in the city, and it's probably not all of them. It's probably only like just like everything else. It's like ten percent of them. But mm-hmm. when, when I'm driving around. And you got these people who don't stop at stop signs and run red lights and then, like, get mad at you? Like, it, it, it's a bad look? Yeah, I mean, like, we all, we all know, like, the bike riding guys. Very entitled, the bike riding people. Yeah, they are. They're very entitled. Kings of the road. Not- and it's not even really the driving stuff that gets to me. It's when I'm walking somewhere and then the biker decides that they want to be a pedestrian and start, like, riding on the sidewalk. Like, what are you doing? Like, I should be allowed yeah, I mean, to knock I just, you. I don't, I, sh- I don't get the rules because I've never done it. I should be legally allowed to knock you off your bike if that's the case. Like, what do you like? You're trying to endanger everyone walking on the sidewalk. Correct. 
It's just I get very upset with it. Like that, very few things make me like angry. That makes me angry. I no things make you angry. Nah, not a ton. I'm pretty even keeled. Pro- I mean, probably probably less things than that make me angry. To be fair, like I don't generally get all that mad. I get mad on the show, but you know that that's a show. That's not real life. So, like when I'm yelling yeah. at Tim, I'm not actually mad at Tim. It's just better for the show if i'm mad at tim i can get myself yeah, it's hilarious angry. i can get myself angry at tim as like a bit yeah i mean you you, you got to do it for the bit yeah you, you got to have a commitment to the brand that's part of the brand is yelling if you uh, don't if you don't commit <clears throat> if here's the thing if you do a bit and you don't commit to it, it it'll definitely not be funny oh of course but yeah the bikers and when i was in europe like the way that they they're starting to do it a little bit more here, but the way that like Copenhagen was set up for biking made so much sense, and it just it doesn't seem to exist in North America. What like bike lanes? It's not like we have bike lanes here, but they're just like extensions of the road. There, like there was bike lights. There was like their own biking lanes. They were like two lanes. They're on both sides of the road. They were elevated above the actual driving road with a barrier in between. So like. A lot of the problem here, you know, like I, I get some of the bike the bicyclers' problems that like the Uber Eats guy will park in the bike lane when he pulls over to go into a restaurant, then people can't use the bike lane, and then it forces people onto the sidewalk. It's all a chain effect. That if you just had a divider where you couldn't do that, then that wouldn't happen. Um. Yeah. I mean, the there are some places in the u.s i'm sure that have it but like that's like definitely like a that's like a, a scandi uh, like a scandinavian thing like public health and and all that crap you know like you know stuff that obviously would make your country a lot more uh fun and nice and enjoyable to live in that uh that we just don't have the care for or the resources for in the united states well that would Canada, ha- i guess that would actually just i mean i don't think that's necessarily that we don't have the resources to do it i just don't think that anyone cares enough to do it I mean, I wonder if if those lanes existed, you know, how much would they get used? I'm sure they would like people would probably be biking more, right? I would think so. They're like, this is a city of six million people. There's a lot of bikers. Even in the middle of winter, there are a lot of bikers. I mean, that's crazy to me. But I mean, I guess it's just like once you once it's your routine, that's your routine. Yeah, and it's well, it's hard to get around the city. Like traffic is in gridlock at all times. The public transport here sucks like biking can be faster than driving depending on where you live yeah that's probably the way it is in a lot of major cities like i could bike to my office faster than i could drive like right now i could drive to my office no problem it would take me like five minutes because there's no one on the roads in normal times it would be quicker for me to bike maybe maybe that's what you'll do when quarantine is over you'll become a biker guy yeah but i'm not going to do that also i find it very dangerous yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm sure well, there are all sorts of very avoidable accidents that happen like every day. Yeah, well, because they don't have like the separated lanes or anything like that. <laughs> so that needs to be your that needs to be your new thing. You need to be uh, you need to enter into the realm of politics to try and get bike lanes built in Toronto. Bike lanes and low taxes. That's my platform. I don't know if low taxes is going to work in Toronto. Oh yeah, in the richest city in the in the country. Yeah, it, it would fly. <laughs> Aren't uh, aren't Canadians just like like big liberal softies though? No, not really. Like a lot of left of center people. Like socially, yes. 
on like yeah. all social issues, I would say yes. Most Canadians are very, very left of center. But when it comes to actual economics, most people are very much centrist to even leaning fiscally conservative. Well, I mean, I just think in general, people just don't want to be taxed. So that's not surprising to me, I guess. Yeah, that's the whole thing. People want to keep their money. Yeah. Can't blame them for that, right? Can't, can't blame people for wanting to keep the money they earn. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, it, I just find it funny. Like, and that's that's always the argument, the blowback that I think that people get. Like, when you're like, "Well, tax the billionaires," and I mean, they should pay like real taxes. You're absolutely right on that. But it's it's no different. They're earning the money. Like, why do they have to give up ninety eight percent of their money? It, they should probably give up more than zero percent. But you know, it can't go the complete other way either. Hmm. It can. We should eat them. Oh, you, oh, you're one of those people now. Uh, you, I mean, you, I've you, always been one of those people. You, you've become the the people that Rousseau told you to watch out about. I mean, I just, I just, I think that I think the first of all, the concept of like people having five hundred billion dollars is ridiculous. Like, what do you like? What do you even do with all that money? And then also the fact that the uh, like that I'm paying more in taxes than Amazon pays is also absurd. Just sounds like you're jealous. I mean, it would be nice to have five hundred billion dollars. Yeah, and I, I, bet, I bet you, if you had five, your GD right. If you had five hundred billion dollars, I bet you you wouldn't want to pay taxes either. You'd figure out a way to use your money so you wouldn't have to pay taxes. That is true because humans can't be trusted. Yeah, can't be trusted because because of what I said, Pat. Humans are 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 basically bad, and will not care about their fellow man if given the choice. And I still lean the other way. I think that humans are inherently good, and that. Bad actors exist, selfishness exists, and it exists within everybody. But by and large, people are good. I don't, you, yeah, I don't buy it. You, only, including myself, by the way. I don't, you, I don't want people to think that I think I'm good because I don't think you that. You are only swayed because the people that you hear about generally are just bad people. You don't hear about good stuff. Mm, I know a lot of people, though. Right? Do you? Do you know a lot of people? You don't I ever know. seem to leave your house. You play like online poker, and your entire your entire world exists on the internet. How well do you really? How many people do you actually know? I know a lot of people. I've moved a lot. I've been in a lot of different cities. I've, you know, been in a lot of different American cities and stuff. I I know. I mean, maybe maybe I don't know enough foreign folks, and that's um, that's something. Not even that, that I, how many people in St. Louis do you know? I don't know, a couple hundred, maybe. You know, a couple hundred people in St. Louis. Of like of like my social circle of people that exist that I know, I'd say like a couple hundred. Of not not St. Louis, but just like the whole like where I where I grew up, where I college, where I lived for a long time, St. Louis. But you never leave your house. I do when it's not quarantine. Do you? Yeah. Like where do you go? I go to dinner, go to go to golf, stuff like that. With your my couple. my best friends my best friends live in Kansas City though, and I I went there like once a month before this. Yeah, but you're not going to see you're probably going to see this like same four people over and over. Mm, yeah, but you know they have girlfriends, they have friends. It's a whole it's a whole ordeal. Ah, uh, seems fishy to me. Seems fishy. Pat thinks it's fishy. I maybe it's fishy. maybe maybe I don't know as many people as I think. Yeah, wait till you wait. Give it ten years. Then you're going to know nobody. Oh, in, ten, in 10 years, I'm not going to know anyone, and I'm going to like it. Hey, you can get there right now if you really wanted to. Just 
I don't want to get there yet. I don't want to get there yet, but eventually. That's really all I got. Yeah, good, good Coronacast. I hope we, I hope we get to do one more before you have another child. Maybe hope- you probably would rather have the child. I mean, the longer I can wait, I think the better. I'm still trying to bank content for when I'm off, so I have new shows every day. Yeah. Pat, Pat Mayo, he's a hardworking man. That's tough to do right now because there's no sports. Yeah, you know, you just got to do got to do more Tiger King content, I guess. I have six movie shows coming out. I'm doing, I've created the f- most hilarious movies bracket. So I have two more shows to film in that series, and then that will be done. So that's six shows. I have do you show- have a Rounders podcast? No, I don't. If you want to do one, I let don't, me know. I don't really want to do one because you don't, you don't want, you don't, you don't like playing poker that much. I guess. I mean, I I like Rounders fine. It's it's a fine movie. I wouldn't say it's you know, great by any means. It's, it's definitely. A- it's something that if it was on TV, I, I might tune in for 20 minutes and then be like, oh, I like this part, and then I'll turn it off. I I love that movie, but I mean, I get that probably if I saw it for the first time now, I'd be like, whatever, it's fine. You know what scene in a movie I've really been thinking about a lot? What scene? That scene in Fight Club when the guy that owns the building comes down into the Fight Club Mm-hmm. And he fights Brad Pitt, but then Brad Pitt just like coughs all over his face, like you don't know where I've been. And I was just like, okay, if people started doing that out in the streets, like it would be be mayhem. It, that would, I mean, that's going to be a crime, right? You're going to jail for that for sure. Yeah, or maybe, who knows? You can carry guns everywhere to like state houses, and you'd be fine doing that. Yeah, Ugh. <laughs> don't don't get me started, man. No, I actually don't want to get you started. <clears throat> yeah, I, and I don't really want to talk about it either because I probably would not uh, have anything eloquent to say about it anyway. Anyway, just for whatever reason, that scene keeps sticking out in my head. I mean, there's just uh, Western Western society going to have to uh, going to be doing things differently these days. But one of the reasons that I wanted to do the most hilarious movie bracket is because I feel like we should be watching comedies right now. Like, you don't don't watch stuff that's going to like bum you out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. I I am. I watched the Kurt Cobain montage of Heck documentary. I bet you that was real uplifting. That was a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Watch. I watched Best in Show the other night. Well, go watch Best in Show. Great movie. (laughs) I probably am not going to watch Best in Show. Why? Have you watched Best in Show? I don't even know what it is. How? Who's in it? Uh, let's see. Eugene Levy, Fred Willard, Christopher Guest. Oh, you know what? Fred Fred, Fred Willard is hilarious. All right, I'm in. Hey, just watch the entire Christopher. See, that's the thing. That one of the reasons to do this most hilarious movie bracket and come on and fight about it with people is that there's just a lot of hilarious movies people have never watched or heard of. Right. And all of the Christopher Guest movies kind of fall underneath that umbrella. All right. I will. Uh, I mean, maybe. I, I need to... Uh... You love, I need to. I mean, it's about dogs. You love dogs. I do love dogs, but the I'm gonna this week. I want to watch the last season of Clone Wars. That's my. That's on my to watch list this week. And you say you're 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 what? You're not nine years old. You like the Clone Wars? It's, I watched like when the first Clone Wars, the first Clone Wars cartoon came out was what like five, ten years ago. It was like 10 years ago, yeah. That yeah. sounds about right. Yeah, 
I watched like the maybe first, longer. I watched like the first part. I watched like the first season, and then I was like, yeah, all right. Yeah, but we got we got new episodes out, and uh, I love I like Star Wars a lot. I don't even feel like you like Star Wars very much. I do. Why do you feel that way that you I did, don't? You just I, we did a Star Wars thing, and I always just seemed like you were a hater. No, I'm not a hater. I am. I am a reverse. I'm one of these people that that I'm. I'm in on like the new ones, like the ones that people say are not good. I like them. Well, I'm just saying you should watch Best in Show instead. It's like 87 minutes, and you'll laugh the entire time. Okay, I will. Uh, I'll put that on the list. It's. I literally am putting it on a notes app on my phone. It's on the list. Have you been using your notes app more often? Because I have. Uh. If we, if we go from 0% of the time to, like, once or twice a week, yes. Yeah. Like, well, I just make all the notes for this show in my notes, and I just open my phone when we're talking. So we only didn't get to two things, and I didn't even really want to talk about it because, like, I don't want to talk about the media bias for Joe Biden and whatever the hell he's up to. I just don't want to talk about that. Yeah. I think that this is, yeah. com- this is coming out at a good time for him. This Because I, I don't even really know what's going on. Like He's being charged with sexual assault or harassment, but it might not be true. Like, I don't know. I think that people just don't want more horrible stories. Like, coronavirus is enough for people. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a horrible story. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just terrible. And uh, the Democratic Party asking me to vote for Joe Biden is... Um, it's like the worst thing they're going to do to me. Like, it's just terrible, right? It's just horrible. I, I do have, a I don't have anything. That just says, your guy, Joe Biden. Not, not my guy. Now I will not, I will not be, um, you know, tweeting Joe Biden defense. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I can vote for him. I don't know. I, it's a whole moral quandary. I got to figure out. Oh, you're going to vote for Trump. Cool. Not going to, not going to vote for Trump. I think that I will, I don't know. I just got to think about it. I don't, well, I don't know. I mean, if you don't vote, it's a vote for Trump, Davis. That's what they say. I, I am go. I I am going to vote. There will, there is no scenario in which I won't vote. Um, oh, you, you always rag on libertarians. Vote for the libertarian party guy. Oh, literally. I mean, no. I would rather. I would. I would vote for Trump before I'd vote for a libertarian. Uh, Gary Johnson seemed like he was. Is he still the guy? No idea. Don't care. No. And uh, I've been watching. I mean, of course, I'm always watching the challenge. But at the end of the last episode, people accused one of the guys of bullying another competitor. I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm pro-bullying, but this is a physical competition show. Like, get over yourself, like, 16-year-old person. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I've never watched the challenge. A guy, like, it was, remember Powerball on American Gladiators? I they, do not remember Powerball on American they would, Gladiators. They, they would have a bucket in, like, the middle of the arena, and the Gladiators would all be around the bucket and you would have to take a ball try to get past the gladiator and put it into the bucket it was that game uh okay so that was the game that they were basically playing on the challenge this week and this one guy was a lot bigger than the other guy but this is the game that they drew so the smaller guy starts out with the ball and he like he runs in but he does the classic i've never played football or contact sports move before of like basically stopping he didn't juke he didn't keep moving. He just like got stopped flat-footed. And the other guy was just a tank, and he was running at him and absolutely pulverized him. And after he like rugby tackled him to the ground, yes, he, he put the put his hand on the top of his helmet and smashed his face into the dirt and like into the sand, just being like, "I have owned you on this." And people were like, "That is bullying. I can't believe he did that." Well, that's not bullying. That's funny. It's a fucking TV show. 
for one thing. Also, also valid point. And two, like you're supposed to, you know, rip the heart out of your competitor, make him not want to go anymore. That is, that's also that's a very valid part of uh, professional sports. No, the, no, no argument there. And and the challenge is, yeah, it'd be like if. Uh, like when people are watching this, although Michael Jordan is kind of a bully, but that seems to be like a positive attribute for him that people were like criticizing Michael Jordan. It's like, well, he was very mean to the competition after he beat them. Like, yeah, no he, shit. He was. He, he was, was mean definitely everybody. mean. Just a dickhead to everybody on earth. <laughs> yeah, he was. Oh, the Cowboys signed Andy Dalton. Their backup quarterback last year was uh, was Cooper Rush. So we are we are accepting this upgrade. Cust was all pumped up because it looked like uh, Dalton was going to the Jets. I said to be the starter, but he said to be a backup, although he's better than awful Sam Darnold. But now we can go back up Dak. I can't believe he went to the Cowboys. I, they are just crushing this offseason. Yeah, they're going to be a very trendy pick to win the Super Bowl, and they'll like miss the playoffs. No, they will lose in the wild card round. Because that's their thing? I mean, it's just I don't. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to see it before I believe it with Mike McCarthy being uh, a guy who, you know, listens to his analytics staffers and stuff. Well, he took that year off to learn analytics. Here's the thing. You're just, you, there are too many good, there are too many teams with talented players who also do, like who also have analytics departments and construct their rosters in the correct ways that uh, I just, I don't. I don't know if there's as many as you want to believe that there are. Like, think about just, like, in-game tactics. Harbaugh going for fourth downs last year with the Ravens. It was, like, blowing people's minds, and it's one of the simplest concepts you can come up with. So that is, like, I think the fact that they did that, they were so successful with it, I mean, that's just, people are just, like, teams are just going to start doing that now. Yeah, we have it, do you have the commitment to do it? and then fail doing it once or twice, and then continue to do it? Because I feel like most NFL teams, the answer to that is no. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that, is a, that is a good point. You know, I, I don't know. My guess is that, well, the problem is, is that the Ravens, the 49ers, the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, these teams have good rosters, and they also are using the math. And it's, you know, it's going to be hard to beat these really good rosters that are also using the math if you are a, an okay roster that is not using the math ah but in any one game like it's not going to provide that it'll provide an edge and should give you a better chance of winning but we see far too often just football is football like the most antiquated team can beat the most advanced team even if they have the shittiest roster in the league and the smart team has the best roster in the league we see it every week yeah that is you know that is uh that is true but that's, I, that's, I, that's I, the I just, reason that a lot of the antiquated either roster constructions or game plans still stick around because football's fucked and you can be successful in a bunch of different ways. I don't know. I, I, I am having a tough time seeing one of these uh, non-math-based teams doing well this season, like, but I could be wrong. Like Seattle could have won the Super Bowl last year. They could have. No. Yeah, they could have. No. Seattle was not beating Kansas City. I mean, San Francisco was beating Kansas City until they weren't. Every team was beating Kansas City until they weren't. Yeah, because I mean that's the math, right? Is that if you just keep throwing, if you just keep throwing passes, eventually sure, you're going to score Seattle, points. Seattle, let's say, like, do you would you agree or disagree that Seattle at least had a very good chance of getting to the Super Bowl in the NFC? 
it was possible because they have, yeah, they have such an otherworldly talented quarterback, but it's hard for them to win games because they don't use the math. But they won what, 11 games last year? I think, I think 10, maybe 11 though. I thought, I thought, it was, I thought they went 11 and five. I could be because they but were just in- having Russell Wilson on the roster is worth like eight wins. Sure. So it doesn't matter how they play. They just have a really good player. So you can do whatever yeah, you want. As long as you have the one good player, you, you could win the game. <laughs> but they give up those micro edges and that's why they haven't been in a Super Bowl in a while because they give they are constantly giving up edges in the draft and in play calling maybe or maybe it's just really fucking hard to get to the super bowl another valid point and like what do the micro edges really do to your win probability that if you increase it by two percent i agree that's a massive edge and you should do anything it it seems like for the ravens it increased it by a lot but maybe i i don't know i don't know maybe it's not like the ravens were dog shit the year before they made the playoffs (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the Ravens, so that's what I'm saying, though, is the Ravens have a really good roster, and they call all the right, like, they, they are doing the math the right way. So I just think when, when you put them and Kansas City in the same conference, like, I just, I think it's very hard to imagine, like, you know, like, the Jets are just never going to make the Super Bowl, right? Like, <laughs> but like, I, I could see if Ben is healthy, I could see the Steelers making the Super Bowl in the AFC this year. Yeah, I mean, Tomlin is a really aggressive fourth down play caller, though. Sometimes. It's like when he randomly goes for two and then doesn't <laughs> Yeah, No, he's the best. He just is like a cocaine coach. It just doesn't matter. I mean, maybe that's a way to beat analytics. Just, you know, keep, keep, your, keep your opposition on, the, on their toes. Like, I don't know what this guy's going to do. <laughs> I mean, that is a, that's a, that's a, a poker strategy, is just trying to remain non-exploitable. And they would go in with the lesser talent the lesser team, probably the lesser game plan, but that doesn't mean they can't win. They're a good team. Like if they, if, yeah. if they win the division this year and the Ravens don't, like I'm not going to be super fucking stunned. Correct. Yeah. Anyway, enough of that. Good, good, good thing we caught the Andy Dalton stuff. It's nice. Good thing. Yeah. All right. That's enough of me. Enjoy your night. All right, man. Thanks for chatting. Thanks yeah. for, uh, thanks for doing the show. Uh, hope to, hope to talk to you again a few more times over the next, uh, next couple weeks or, you know, or, or good luck with the, with the kid. Well, thank you very much. You can just, you can, I'll be on my phone so you can like DM me and say, congratulations, Pat. I hope your name to be determined later, baby is good. And I'll be like, you hoping for a, you hoping for a boy or a girl or do you know? It's a boy. Dope. Two boys. What's the name going to be? Uh, we're not locked in yet, so I'll, I'll. I don't know. All how, right, we'll, we'll save that for future episodes. I, I don't know how pretentious I want to get with the name, but it could be very pretentious. Like my, fr- my first son, his name is Wolf. So it'd be weird. Up, upper, upper, uh, upper middle class Toronto condoite middle uh, name. Yeah. Well, it's actually his middle name. He's actually named after my grandfather. His name is Murdoch Wolf, but to differentiate the two, we just call him Wolf. I like that. I yeah. like Wolf, but if it's like Wolf and Gary, it's going to be kind of weird, right? Yeah, you got to you got to give the other kid a wild name too. Yeah, so that, that's the that's the hole that we've dug ourselves in. Tough scene. Yeah, it'd be very funny for his brother to be Wolf and for his, the other one to be named Dave. Yeah, Steve. <laughs> I think maybe you should just do it for the comedy and 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 to see how the names impact their lives, like a social experiment. I actually think that having a like strong name is like you talk about some teams in football gaining micro edges. I think having a strong name is a micro. I could not agree with you more. Could not agree with you more. 
Like, I, I actually floated the idea to my wife. You're like, what if we just name him first name Doctor? See what happens. I like it as like, well. His entire life will just be Dr. Mayo. And then people will just assume he's a doctor. Pretty cool. You know, he wouldn't have to do anything. He'd be the dumbest, pers- dumbest kid alive, Dr. Mayo. Maybe baby but genius. successful. Yeah. Dumb and successful. There we go. All right. Be well. All right, man. Stay safe. All right. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Experience. Experience.